Did you see him, Hannah? There he goes. There he goes. Did you see him? Did you see him? My hero! My hero! There he is! There he goes! Anyways. Hi, guys! <laughs> We're talking about the color and the shape of Foo Fighters today. We have been <laughs> recording for so long. You... You you do not know what we've been through today. <laughs> well, we've been through a lot today. But the great thing about this podcast is we like it. Well, we like what we're talking about. Well, yes, we do. We do. But with along with that, we get to drink coffee as an excuse, which helps fuel us through the pain of everyday existence. Although right now we're drinking straight up espresso, so because we are <laughs> dealing with the pain of everyday existence. So we are drinking espresso today. That is our drink of choice. But, but moving right along, our album of choice today is um underrated highly in my opinion this along with elephant by the white stripes is my favorite album of all time color in the shape there's by the two, two of them they hold the title two hold the title it's this one and elephant period so the color in the shape um this album was released in 1997 um and if you don't know anything about the Foo Fighters, the lead singer, Dave Grohl. Dave, if you don't know who David, Dave Grohl is. David Eric Grohl. He was also the drummer of Nirvana, along with some other bands before that that don't matter. Sorry, Dave. Scream. Doesn't oh, only, matter. Tr- only true Dave fans know. About Scream. About Scream. But... We are here today talking about his own solo project that came to be after Nirvana, unfortunately, came to an abrupt end. Um, so this album was their second album they ever released, and at the time, I think it's important to note that Dave was going through a divorce. divorce. So in the time of writing it, he was going through a divorce, and by the time it came out, I think his divorce may have been finalized, or was about to be finalized the same year. I think listening to a lot of these songs with that in mind is an interesting perspective. Look, I don't know if all of them are about his divorce, no. but a few of them, the I think, The thing about are. it is, is Dave has such an interesting writing style. Like, I think for a while he was getting a lot of shit about being, like, like the age-old joke of like the drummer wants to do a song kind of thing, <laughs> like and like he did songs with Nirvana. He did um, Mary Gold. Yeah, he sang that. One. He sang that one, and I think he wrote it. He wrote some of Scentless Apprentice too. I think he actually wrote the riff he wrote, for that. He was more involved in the writing process in that album. Than Later on in their career, in, in utero in that era, the type like yeah. the B sides and stuff. Um, I don't want to talk too much about the Foo Fighters in general, but I do think it's important to notice that the transition from the first Foo Fighters record... And that was just him. He recorded every part on that record, which we should honestly do an episode on that record, too, because that is such a good album. Mm-hmm. Um, but, that was their self-titled, so, by the way. Yeah, so he he formed a band at this point. He yeah. had people, like a band. And beyond Taylor that, Hawkins, shout out. Love that man. Oh, my God. <laughs> you have no idea how much I love. I just had a physical reaction to you saying his name, bro. Dude, he's I... so funny. They're uh, funny. Okay, look, their the, music videos listen, are funny. Listen, the Foo Fighters gets a lot of like hate. People make fun of them a lot just for being the Foo Fighters because it's like easy to make fun of them because they're such a mainstream band. But they don't but try they to be so, so serious good. either. Good. They don't try to be serious. Like they're proud of the fact that they're kind of funny and goofy and they don't they don't it's just fun. They're fun songs. They also have some beautiful songs and some hard songs. It's like people don't give them all the credit that they deserve, I don't think. But so one thing to note about his writing style is it's very like there's not like a specific like meaning in a lot of his songs. They're very like 
to your interpretation. Very vague, like, nonsensical type lyrics. But definitely, like, the first album was a bunch of fucking nonsense. This Which album, I love that personally. Th- well, I do like that album, but like <laughs> even Dave is like, I'm not proud of half the songs on that album. So this one is objectively a step up. Way better. But there's still some nonsense on here. We're gonna get into that. So starting off though, first track is called Doll. I know this whole album front to back, by the way, many, many times over. I have listened to it. <laughs> um, so I think this tra- track is the perfect track. It's like a minute and a half long. It's like the perfect track to bring in this album. In it's a great opinion. intro track, I think. Yeah, like, th- this memory. album needed this track. Right. In my opinion. Like, I I almost, like, imagine, like, what if you were, like, a fan of the Foo Fighters? Like, you were really into their album, the first album. You were into, like, you know, Dave, and, like, you maybe were into Nirvana at a point, and you, like, roll up to the record store, and you're about to buy this album, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, just came out. And you put it in, and you listen to it, and the first track turns on, and it's dull. And you're like, what the fuck is this, bro? It's kind of confusing, because it's a very quiet, soft kind of song. And it's like, you, especially after the previous album, if you already had heard that, this is not what you would have expected. And as another thing, like, outside looking in, if you hadn't heard the first album, and you had only heard the hits off of it, you heard but you Big maybe, Me. Yeah. Big Me yeah. is the first hit on that album. And it's really weird. Like, people... Nirvana fans were like, dude, what is this garbage, bro? <laughs> Literally. Because that was the single they decided to release off that first album, which doesn't make any sense to me. But the doll almost has Big Me vibes to me. Mm-hmm. Like, the songs kind of, like, sound similar to me in a weird way. Yeah. I think this song by itself is nothing special, but, like, in reference, like, in terms of the entire album, like, as an intro song, it works really great. It's the perfect intro song, and there's really no other way to describe it. Short and sweet, and then it... Brings you into Monkey Wrench, which throws you for a loop. Bro. Hard left turn. Oh you don't expect it. It's such a fun song. I'm gonna I go love through this the, song. We're going to go through every song on this album. I'm going to be like, bro, I love that song. 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 Because you know what? I love all of them. I love right? this album. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm so passionate. Okay. So, Monkey Wrench is... Be- like mo- being a monk, like a monkey wrench. The term monkey wrench is basically like being a fool, like being owned by someone almost, kind of like. And how I put it in our notes here is Dave Grohl is basically saying, "I'm not going to be your bitch." Yeah, you don't own me. I'm not your tool. I'm not your. And it's such a fun song to sing along to it because it makes you feel like you're like such a badass. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to be your monkey wrench. Don't wanna be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a very rebellious feeling track, is what you said, right? Yeah, it is. It's it's got a really catchy chorus, and then the bridge where he's like screaming. I well, love that. Last before I quit. I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that for you. There's not a lot of room to breathe in this song. It's no, just no. kind of go 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 it's the tight. whole time. Tight. It's tight, man. And it's then tight. and then it transitions perfectly as all the songs on this album do. But yeah, you need to listen to this album all the way through front to back. Like that's another thing you were yeah. talking about. Foo Fighters don't get credit for being great album writers because people just pay attention to the singles. But this is a front to backer. I'm like, telling you. When I when I tell people that I love this album, they're like, "What album are you talking about?" And I'm like, "The one that Everlong's on." They're like, "Oh yeah, I know that song." I'm like, "No, but do you, do you know the album? Do you know the album? It's it's you gotta know the album." I think Foo Fighters gets written off a lot because it's like, oh it's it's like how solo okay so artists are in a band right it's a band right there's a bunch of people together making music and they get really famous that's what a band is called yes Yes. and then the band breaks up 
And then everyone's like, but I still like music, so I need to go make my own. And no one pays attention to it because it's like, oh, it's just a guy from that band. Solo project. It's probably not going to be as good. That's what happened with Foo Fighters, but they deserve so much credit in their own right because Dave Grohl is legitimately just an extremely talented musician. He can play everything. He can play everything. And it doesn't sound like Nirvana, which is a good thing because Nirvana already happened, which is why Foo Fighters but Nirvana is fans new were and so cool and hardcore. Fresh. So, like, when the Foo Fighters came around, they were like, oh, dude. You hear Dave Grohl, the drummer, he's going to be making a new, he's going to do a thing. He's making the Foo Fighters, right? Yeah. And they were like, oh, it's going to be like Nirvana Part 2 and then Big Me. I think about that all the time. Dave Grohl is such, he's such a, like, he's so funny for he's doing that. He's a troll. He literally is such a troll for that doing man. that. Like, I love he's that like, man. He's like, oh, you guys like uh, Smalls Like Teen Spirit and like Nirvana? You like, you, oh, you like that stuff? Great. Incredible. Gotcha. <laughs> like, what? And I love that song. I do too. <laughs> but like, still. It and is the, funny. The music video, bro. Okay. Well, I don't need the to talk fighters, too much They were just a separate, they are like, an anomaly situation there. There was a and lot going I on. I think they get hate so much, be- just like a lot of things we talk about on this podcast, because they're popular, people hate them. Yep. Yep. That's just the way it goes. Period. End of story. End of discussion. Enough said. But as we were... Back to the color and the shape. Hey, Johnny Park is the next song. So in the song, Hey, Johnny Park, there's that quiet, loud dynamic that I think Foo Fighters has that Dave, like, songwriting style mm-hmm. works with. Yeah. Um, it's not, like, specific to Foo Fighters, but they do it in a specific way, if that makes sense. Yeah. I can't describe it, really. Dave can sing. (laughs) He can sing. He's Mm -hmm. proved that through his career, that he can actually sing. Um, and it's, like, a lot of people who do the quiet loud thing can't, but Dave has a very unique way of doing it, where it's it's not... I, I don't know. It's, like, he gets... He gets quiet, and then, and then, he, he, and then he gets loud. <laughs> we have such a way with words. Oh, wow. <laughs> we speak so eloquently. <laughs> what can we say? Just listen to it, guys. <laughs> we give up on this one. Oh just my gosh, we, are we, uh, this song I think is just a lot more oriented around the songwriting itself rather than instrumental complexity as well. Right, I think that's that the thing I want to like say. the highlight. Like if I had to pick a one element out of this song to highlight to you, it would be the the sound of his vocals. I think like, that's also what he was trying to highlight in this song. So that makes it sense. wasn't as like because there's a lot of songs where I'm like, dude, the drums on this song. Like there's a lot of those, but then there's yeah. like this one is way more like vocally. I don't know, vocally ambitious. Right. Moving on, my poor brain. The transition. Again, the transitions are seamless to the whole album. It's glorious. Yeah. Quite glorious. But the classic Dave Grohl falsetto style vocals into the roaring chorus model back at it again here. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps you hooked the whole time. It really does. Yeah, this is one that I feel like probably correlates to his like divorce, maybe. I'm not sure. Obviously, I can't put labels on anything. He's not the type I of... I put hashtag girl props <laughs> in the notes. He's not the type of musician that talks about what his songs are written about. There's a lot of musicians who are, but he's not one of them. Right. He doesn't talk about that stuff. I kind of like that. I kind of like when artists like leave it up to interpretation more. Yeah. Like, I don't like... The genius lyrics thing, like when they like sit down and like have the artists like spoon feed you the meaning of their songs, I don't really like that. Cause like there's some songs where that would be interesting, but then there's others that make up the majority of the artists that go on genius lyrics where it's like 
this song already is not that substantial in the first place. Like, I, we really don't need you to spoon feed us the lyrics. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I don't know why. I just I don't really. I think it's really cool, but that's just me. I think it's cool in some rights, and then in others, it's like. I think a lot of times though they talk about like where they were when they wrote it and kind of stuff like that, mm-hmm. instead of talking about like, oh, this is what this means. I think that's more. Like, some artists do that where they want to dissect the meaning and other ones are just, like... I mean, that's what the genius, like, lyrics is about. But they do... I think it's cool when they do what you said and they go and talk about, like, the background of how they wrote it rather than Like, a lot of... I think most Foo Fighters songs are more like that. Yeah. The genius lyrics are more, like, about what he wrote this about overall. Like, I know with Best of You, that song was written sort of in a political way. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, just an example. I know that that one has genius lyrics, and it talks about the politics behind the song. Mm-hmm. I think Everlong is probably more of just a, like a background information. I, it's been a long time since I looked at the genius lyrics for that one. But um, <laughs> yeah, so My Poor Brain, um, the, his writing's really vague and it can be applied to however you would like to apply it, which is a beautiful thing about this album, but it makes it kind of difficult to talk about it, not gonna lie. Like, <laughs> I really don't have much to say. Um, I, I relate to this song in a way like sometimes you feel like you're like if your brain wasn't the way it was like if you weren't always in your head about everything that life would be so much easier that is definitely the case i I can't save you from my poor brain god (laughs) yeah i really cannot save you from my poor brain bro i really like that lyric um the next song is also really relatable (laughs) It's, it's very similar to My Poor Brain, so much so that when I first started getting into this record, I got those songs confused a lot. Mm-hmm. Wind Up and My Poor Brain are very, like, interchangeable sometimes in my mind, which is kind of weird, but... This is a first song that I think really showcases, like, what you were telling me earlier about what you thought, like, how he played guitar almost percussively, almost, like, as an accessory to the drums rather than as, like, a melodic tool. So, yeah, that's something I heard him say in an interview once where he was like, I just kind of took guitar as I took drums, and I, like, played it that way. And I always thought, that no, he doesn't. Like, that's weird. Why would he say something like that? Mm-hmm. And then I listened, and I really thought about it. Because, obviously, everyone here at the Sound Sip knows I'm not a musical person, so I don't really know about stuff like that. But I mm-hmm. kind of tried to apply that in my mind and be like, okay, he's like the drums he's playing it percussively okay and i started listening and so, there are some songs where you can really hear it yeah it's like he'll hit he'll, like he'll strum his chords along with the drums right and i'm like oh that's what he means by that kind of thing um yeah i think it's cool how he does that i think it's it's unique yeah and i think a lot of like foo fighters fans are drum players they play the drums like they yeah because all I mean, dave Grohl stands not all of them but minus, a lot of my, them. minus me <laughs> all dave Grohl stands minus me um yeah they're they're normally pretty big into drums like i i've talked to a lot of people who always are like oh man i want to cover such and such song by the food fighters like on drums drums, drums. is yeah. like the one instrument i've never been able to like try and have access to enough to be able to practice and i want to so bad like, I want to so, so bad. They're just so cool to me. Like, you hit it and it makes a sound. That's crazy. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> you know what else you can hit and it makes a sound? Literally anything, <laughs> Hannah. Okay. That's why it's cool. It's like... You guys hear that? <laughs> that was, like, a rhythm. 
Hannah's in a really weird mood right now, y'all. I really don't. Okay. All right. We're going to keep moving. Um, This is another one where he screams in the bridge, and it's beautiful, and I love it. Um, That's what he does a lot. It's a very relatable song for me. He lets all of his anger out in the bridge. Very relatable song for me. Like, I hope I don't... I hope you never see me wind up. Bro, I hope you never see me wind up. I hope I never see you wind up, first of all. Actually, for real, hope I never see you wind up. My family can attest it's not great. I mean, but... Actually, though, like, all jokes aside, like, I think this song definitely is about him, like, analyzing how he acts out when he's angry, like, genuinely angry, and I think that's relatable to a lot of people. Very interesting album written in correlation to his divorce. Interesting. Very interesting song. Duly noted. But seriously, I think it's a really relatable song, because I think everyone kind of has, like, that side of them. That they're like, wow, I hope that none of my friends ever awaken this in me because it's not pretty. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or anybody for that matter. But Right. Okay. Do you have anything else you want to say about Wind Up? I really like it. I, I just like how it sounds. Hoping it sounds see good. me wind up. Okay. Up in arms. You know what? The rain is here, but you, my dear. <sighs> I love this song. This was one of the first songs I remember being like obsessed with off this album. Like, when I, when I first got into my <laughs> hair flip obsession of this album, this was one of the first ones. Um, at the very beginning, he sings the, the lyrics of this song, mm-hmm. and they're very quiet and, like, airy, and um, very. there's lots of symbols on the drums in the background. It's very soft and, like... Atmospheric. Atmospheric is the word, yes. And you literally stole it from my lips, <laughs> me and you. We finished each other's... Sandwiches. Sandwiches. Uh, I'm killing myself. <laughs> um, so at the very beginning he sings the song, but then he sings the same lyrics again after there's this like midpoint where like somebody like whistles as if they're cheering him on, and then the just sick drum solo, and mm-hmm. then it just like goes into him like saying it really loud, which is up to the tempo of, like with the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. That kind of sound. So I think that song is really cool because of that. Like I've never there's not a song really like this ever. Yeah, it's kind of cool. That goes into like it's like super soft, and then it goes into like sick it's drum like solo, like just like. two versions of the same song. I know it's, it's like, really in weird. one song. It's weird. It's really cool. It's a also format. Also, fun deep track fact here. At the very last, there's a line in here where he says the word "girl." Just what is it? Can't forget about you, girl. Yeah, it's like can't forget. It? He says that several times, and then the last time. Can't Forget You Girl, I think, yeah, is the Something right? like that. Look, I've listened to this album, like, three times through, like, in the last, like, hour, because I've, we've been trying to work on this, so it's, like, get all running together a little bit for me. But the very last time he says girl, instead of saying girl, he says gill. If you listen to it, you can hear it. Mm-hmm. There's no R. He says gill. And the guy who produced this album's name is Gill, and they threw that in there for him. Fun fact. And it's very funny. I don't even know where I knew that. I think I might have, I might have re- 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 read that inside of the record sleeve or something. That's cool. I don't know though. But yeah. Shout out to Gil. Gil. He did a great job. Gil. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> next one. Hannah. I love this song. My hero is probably my favorite song on this album. Did you see him? There he goes. There he goes. There he goes. There he goes. Oh, the transition into this song is really cool, too, because it's got the drums, and you just know from the drums that it's my hero, and then you're like, oh, I know its song is my hero, and then you're like, and the sick guitar solo, bro, the guitar hero. solo. 
Uh, this song is so emotional for some reason. There's something about someone singing about their hero that just, it hits home. Because it's like, everyone has a hero, you know? Like, for me, it's my dad. Even though he's really annoying. I still love my dad. He's, like, my hero. He's gonna listen to this ways. and be like, why would you say something like that about me? No, he's not. He's gonna be like, you are too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fair enough. It's just, I don't know. I just really like this song. I have a lot of nostalgia. This is one of the first Foo Fighters songs I ever learned. That I just ever knew. Knew of. Knew of, yeah. A long time ago, too. Like, before I knew you. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah... I really don't have much to say about this song, honestly. The drums are incredible. The drums is what makes this track to me. Yeah, honestly. They're very driving. They kind of are necessary. I think there's two drum tracks on this, actually. Like, from what I've heard. Yeah. On My Hero. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That's what I've heard. I don't know that for sure, though. Once again, not a music person. Moving along, though. See you. These notes all mark return to sender. I'll say these letters for my <laughs> This song, I think, is about Dave writing... I mean, it's just simple. It's kind of it's funny. It's funny. This yeah. song's, like, funny. It's just cute. Like, it's just him, like, writing letters to a girl, and they all return to sender, and then... And then he, like... It's, like, almost like he runs into her in public or something, and he's like, it's so good to see <laughs> it's you. It's so good to see you. But it's, like... She's been rejecting him for so long, and he's like, I, like it's almost like he's like forcing himself to get over her kind of thing. It's really interesting. I like. It's also a very different sound. Yeah, it's got that fun album. like bouncing bass. Line. The bass is very fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the guitar notes in the background—they kind of sound like cymbals. Almost, you said they're like. They sound symboly to me, and I don't know how else to describe it. Some guitar nerd's gonna walk, like, like listen to this and be like, what, what do you mean? How can you can't use words? And, just, it, it, it. and I'm gonna be like, I don't know, I sound like symbols. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah. Any, I don't, I don't, I don't want to. If you're a guitar nerd, just if you were gonna say something, just don't. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, anyways, enough space. This is a headphone song. This, this is a headphone song. The production for sure. on this one is nasty. The beginning where it like nasty. goes back and forth in both ears. You, yeah, listen to the song with headphones for sure. The bass reminded me of Nirvana a lot. Yeah. Like it sounds like the bass would be in a Nirvana song for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. But moving right along, not much to say about that song. Then. Your favorite song. My favorite song Take is February Stars. That is my favorite song on this album. One of my favorite songs of all time. Um, it's, it like, I relate to it, but I don't know why. Like, if I relate to this song and I could tell somebody, hey, I really relate to that song. They'd be like, why do you relate to it? And I'd be like, I don't know. I just do. I just do. Really. I don't know why I relate to this song. It's like really pretty and atmos- a- atmospheric i can't speak atmospheric and he like he, he really like shows that he can sing on this song yeah like he really like sings like he has a nice voice and he also shows his writing style in a bigger way i think because it's very like interestingly written mm-hmm. and like i feel like the words can apply to people in different ways like he said before like i think he's been like you can sing to an audience of like 800,000 people and they'll sing it back to you for 800,000 different reasons and that like really like to me exemplifies his like songwriting because he mm-hmm. really like is able to write songs that people can sing back to him for 8,000 different reasons and I think that's what he wants too like, like I that's think like his goal yeah I think people are definitely able to apply this stuff to themselves yeah and the build up on this song oh my god the build up is incredible 
Oh, it's so good. Look, I all I look. If you take one thing from this episode, and just please go listen to this song. Like I'm begging you. Like people, people be like, "Everlong is the best song on this album," and I hate to tell you, but you are objectively incorrect about that because <laughs> it is February stars, and that is all I have to say about it. Take it from somebody who has listened to this entire album a thousand times, <laughs> literally. Moving on to Everlong, the best song on this album. No, Everlong. No. No. Everyone knows this song, I think for good reason. I think it's so loved because it has like this universally understood feeling of nostalgia and just like it makes me love, think of the 90s. You know? Yeah, I think it's a, like, it's I a defining li- song. I didn't time. live through the 90s, but this song is very 90s to me. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think it has some of the best lyrics on this album. I think it's it's just it's cool. Hannah's it's notes. So cool. We all know this shit. <laughs> We all do. I we by. all know this shit. Yeah. I think the lyrics coupled with like the soothing and then the inspired. If you like Everlong, if you like this song and you haven't listened to this whole album all the way through, what are you doing, bro? I, I agree. I, I think this is one of, I think Literally. this is probably objectively the best song in the album and it's most This is objectively the best Foo Fighters song. But I think that um, the album as a whole, if you like it, like you like everything else as well. Right. So definitely listen to it. Um... Also, if anybody needs to figure out a way to ask a girl on a date and if she likes the Foo Fighters, this is the way to do it. Just serenade her. You want to ask her to marry you? Serenade her. You want to ask her to be your girlfriend? Serenade her. With Everlong. With Everlong acoustic version. <laughs> do it. Acoustic version. Acoustic version Bro, makes a little that's different. That's a Starbucks callback moment. They used to, <laughs> they bumped they bumped that shit so heavy. <laughs> they, did. they really did. We used to me and Hannah used to have a ship supervisor that loved the Foo Fighters. And every time we come on, we all be like, hello. <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> Shout out to you, homie. I know you know who you are. If you're He's listening not to this. listening to them. Maybe he, he might listen to our Foo Fighters episode. I think he would. Yeah. I think he would. Homie, you know who you are. Um, yeah. Oh, a very memorable, hard-hitting song on this album. And the whispering part is really interesting, too. That's like him talking about his... I think that's... It's like a, it's we looked a it weird up explanation. Yeah. It's him, like, explaining to someone how his dad would make him, like, hold up really something heavy. What was it? I don't know. It was really I weird. can't remember what he it was. He used to have a great relationship with his dad as another thing. I think that's what it was. But. I think that's what it was related to. I couldn't tell you exactly what really it was. really random that has almost no, like, no, applicable no nature to this I don't know. song. Just um, look it up. You can find yeah. it. Walking After You is the next song. Um, this is like, okay, so Foo, the Foo Fighters do this thing where they pretty much have like an acoustic-y soft song on every album that they come out with. And on this album, I think I would pin that to Walking After You. And this is like one of the, like, they didn't really do anything like that on their first album. So this is sort of where this theme began in their discography was with Walking After You. So typically, if you're a fan of like the Foo Fighters more acoustic stuff, Walking After You's got to be up there for you because this song is like, it's where it all leads back to. Right. So, um, it's very... Introspective, I would say. It's yeah. Very, it's, it's, the lyrics it's are sweet. like longing. It's you know sweet, I mean? yeah. honestly. Yeah. It, it feels like he's been walking after, quote unquote, this person for a long time. If yeah. that makes sense. Hmm. Uh, and that's what, that's like one of those songs that I hear, and I'm like, I wish someone wrote this about me. Uh, oh, oh, ugh. Be, be, 
you know what? I just want to say this really quickly. Not that this matters or applies to anything, but I'm tired of being a girl who likes rock music. Like, more girls need to like rock music. I'm tired of being special, and that's all I had to say about that. <laughs> Moving right along, New Way Home. I don't really have a lot to say about this song. Um, I think it, like, I would like to think that this song is about him going back to Virginia after Kurt died, after Kurt Cobain died. He did go back to Virginia for a period of time, because uh, he obviously had been in Seattle. Like, he was there, living there. Um, and I think this song might be kind of about that and, like, how he kind of found himself again after that and started working on stuff under the name of Foo Fighters. But I don't know. Could be about anything. I think it's a really interesting song. The build-up on this is pretty great, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very pop-punk. Yeah. And then the last song... The Color and the Shape title track is an absolute banger. It's a really interesting way for him to, them to end the album. Yeah. Because it's like, you would think they would probably start with a soft song like Doll, like we the first song on this album mm-hmm. is Doll, and then end with something soft as well. But no. They it just, leaves you wanting more. They go crazy. It, it, they it go riles stupid. you up and then leaves. They go crazy. They go stupid. Yeah. Really. This song, like, I, like would listen like if i was gonna go graffiti something illegally or like vandalize something or graffiti rob a bank illegally. <laughs> if i was gonna do that this would be the song i listen to before i do it i too would listen to it before i vandalize something <laughs> before you gra- graffiti something illegally before i graffiti something illegally <laughs> the song is orgasmic enough, enough said. said that's what i have in my head enough said period um, overall, my final thoughts is going to be, this album would have been better if Dave had kept his hair long, because he cut it right before he did <laughs> That was album. our only criticism That is my on only album. criticism on this album, is it would have been better if Dave would have... The, the aesthetic, if he would have kept his hair long, would have been so impeccable. I'm mad. I still am mad to this day. I wasn't even there when he did it. I'm still mad that he... Did, why did he cut his hair? Why? It would have been so iconic. I am a Dave Grohl long hair stand for life. I do not have any strong opinions on Dave Grohl's Dave hair. Dave Grohl is the background on my phone right now, by the way. <laughs> but this is a great album. Yeah. And I think that people sleep on this album as a whole and they need to start listening to it. I think the people... Foo Fighters are capable of making good albums, not just good songs, good albums. And this is proof of that. Agreed. Agreed. I think if you're going to listen to any Foo Fighters album, it should be this one. Yes. This is the this is the album that will get you obsessed with the Foo Fighters for sure. It's their best album in my opinion. And mine as well. There is no better album. I do be hitting their first album a lot, but this one, still my favorite album for sure. Um Yeah. I think this is way too slept on, and I think people really need to start listening to it. And I think Foo's fans need to start saying this is their favorite album because it's the best one. So if anything else they say is objectively incorrect. So that's all I have to say about that. Anything else, Hannah? You good? I would just like to say that we do support people having different opinions on this podcast. I don't. We just have strong opinions of our own. I'm just kidding. I like a lot of Foo Fighters albums, but this one is the best. So you're wrong if you think anything else. But um, that's All that opinion. being said... Same responsibly. Same responsibly.